Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design, a podcast that teaches you how to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm a professional interior designer, realtor, and advanced feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me an energy design expert, helping you find, create, and design the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Amanda Gates. And today you are going to love my guest, Dr. Barry Taylor. He is actually I've had several guests on here from my Mindshare group. Uh, Mindshare is a collaboration of health, mainly health uh, people who are really, really, really into functional medicine, alternative medicine, holistic medicine, just really finding ways for all natural health and wellness and well-being. And the event used to be held down in San Diego. I used to go. Uh, it was in August. I used to go down every year. I guess that's more not down, but sideways from Nashville. <laughs> I'm saying down, but uh, it's a three to four day event, and it's just really rad information about health and wellness, and you know, just being in a huge tribe, a huge soup of uh, what I call people who get it. You know. I, I remember the first event that I went to, I wasn't really sure that they would, you know, welcome me in. I was this weirdo who did feng shui and, you know, health and well-being through the energy of yourself and your home. And they welcomed me with open arms. They were curious. They wanted to know more. They wanted to have an understanding because it made sense to them. So I knew that this was my tribe. And so uh, I've had many, many guests on. Last week's guest, Samantha Harris. She's also in our Mindshare group. Uh, Amy Stark is another one. I- I've had countless uh, people on the show that are from this uh, huge collaboration of people from this conference. And Dr. Barry Taylor is one of them. He wrote this amazing book. The first edition was back in the 80s, the early 80s. I want to say 1983, but that may be incorrect. But at any rate, um, it really reminds me of Louise Hayes, uh, her her book that she wrote, um, You Can Heal Your Body, You Can Heal Yourself. I can't remember off the top of my head the actual name of her book, but it's a very famous book that, you know, shares with you that you have the ability to heal yourself. It's chi. But what you have to do is you have to tell that energy where to go. So what ends up happening is, is we are conditioned to believe that the the dude in the white coat, the woman in the white coat has all the answers and what they say is it. It's like written in ink. It's permanent and it's not. It's really about you taking control and empowering yourself with the, the knowledge and the wisdom that's out there. And basically telling your cells, your DNA, you're telling that energy what it's going to do. And I've shared two experiences, if you listen to the show, where I have done this for myself in the last year. One, I did it with my supposed root canal that I needed to have. And number two, I did it with my cat, uh, Harley, who was told that he would be dead in 45 days back in January. And a, I, I... One, I should say, not A, but one, uh, I never had the root canal. And two, Harley's doing fantastic. So when you empower yourself with the right wisdom of how powerful we are 
and the energy that we have in our systems. It's chi. And when we tell that chi where to go and what to do, it listens. And Dr. Barry is going to talk about that today. His amazing book, Love Your Body, which has now been uh, rewritten or updated, I should say. I just found myself as I was reading the book going, yes, 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 and more double yes. Uh, It's just really wise information, but I think we tend to discount this information because it's just so simple. It can't be this easy when in fact it is. So today we're going to talk about how to take control of your health and not only take control of your health, but how to turn it into a lifestyle. This is not about sacrificing. This is not about punishment. This is about embracing a lifestyle to change the way that you view your body, change the way you view your health, and how this amazing meat suit that we all have is a beautiful, amazing machine that if it is treated well and you coexist with it in a beautiful way by directing that chi, cultivating that chi, caring for that chi, you could easily live to be 100 years old with amazing health. Now I do want to say we were having a little bit of technical difficulties. Meh, part of the program, right? So it drops out a little bit here and there, but at the end of the day, the information is absolutely amazing. Well worth the listen. You're going to gain so much great stuff from this show. Uh, And I do want to remind you, we're in the retrograde now, but Sharita Starr and I still have our workshop up. You can head on over to my website if you want to learn more or purchase the workshop there. All right, everyone. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hello, Dr. Barry. Welcome to the show. Well, hi, Amanda. Great to see you. It's good to see you again. I am, um, I'm excited to talk about your book. And since we're on, uh, well, we're doing two things here. We're doing the podcast, but since we're also on video, uh, love your body. Um, now, did you write this book in 1981 or was it the workshop that was in 1981? I designed the workshop in 1981. Okay. Cause I was like, wow, this is really revolutionary for 1981. <laughs> The workshop was pretty revolutionary for 1981. The book came together 2013, and then I added um, six new chapters a year ago, December. December. um, Okay. That makes more sense, because as I was reading it, I was like, I was thinking in my mind, 1981, and I was like, okay, this is a prophet. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he knows a lot here. (laughs) So why did you, why did you decide to write the book? You know, you, you put together the workshop in 1981. What made you decide in 2013 then that you needed to put this in book form? I suppose anybody who's listening maybe has had some calling, maybe uh, different than an urge. Um, maybe some people call it a knowing. Um, my son is a very, very successful um, writer. And um, as I'm sure you appreciated it, it, the style of the writing is very easy to digest. I, I've never considered myself a writer. <clears throat> I thought I was going to write the book with somebody else that fell through. And then I asked Luke, would you help me write? And it was a time of his life that he actually 
said, yes, send me what you've got. I sent him the 50 pages. He said, what's this? I said, it's the first 50 pages of my book. And he said, burn it. Oh, God. <laughs> I said, what, what do you mean burn it? Yeah, dad, these sound it's like notes that you're giving a keynote or something. I said, yeah, right. I give a lot of keynotes. He said, this is not a book. So, um, so there you uh, go. <laughs> Luke, I hope this was as great for you as it was for me. Well, dad, I'm not quite sure it actually was. So um, <clears throat> two, three, four years later, it's like some other is coming through me. I didn't do something on energy and I didn't do the chapter on connection that you read in the chapter on communication. There was some contribution. There were some other things that were kind of ready to, and I, I Luke, can you help me write? Because I'm not a writer. Nope. So I took seven years asking my son two, three times a year, thinking that his no would turn to yes. And then when I really surrendered and I got, nope, he's not saying yes. I went for it myself. And so the extra six chapters uh, I wrote, and then I was fortunate, blessed to find an editor who could match whatever my style is. Right. It's brilliant. I mean, there's a lot of, um, this is what healthcare should be right here. This, I mean, this is it. Um, you actually say on page three, I underlined it. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Um, now more than ever, we are called upon to create health. Explain that. What do you mean by we need to create health? Mm. I thought that was an interesting way of, of putting it that uh, I think that the, the programming that many of us older folks have is that we have to go to the doctor to get health, not create health. Right. Oh. <laughs> um. <clears throat> the mother of my children is a great MD and my youngest child is a fifth year urology resident. Oh, wow. And I'm blessed to have a lot of nurses and a lot of docs, MDs who are patients that work with me individually or take my 21 day online program. Um, I've kind of left the illusion many, 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 many years ago that doctors know about health. Oh, um, it, it's, it's, it's more of a disease management model Yes. So <clears throat> pre-COVID, which is when that was written. Um, you actually say in the book that conventional medicine uh, states that the cure is defined by whatever makes the symptom go away. That's right. a powerful statement. I mean, and it's really true that the modern allopathic uh, system really focuses on the symptom and not the root cause. And, and we two-legged normal people, dare you and I think ourselves as normal in any way, shape or form. <laughs> um, so most, true. Most people, not you and me, <laughs> most people think that health is the absence of symptoms. True. So, so I don't think health is the absence of symptoms. And I think it's a creative process. So in the first night of the Love Your Body program, I offer people um, some thoughts being very clear, this is not the truth. And here's one. <clears throat> we took on our body because we have a purpose called life purpose. We have a mission to fulfill. Whether you think about past lives, I don't know anything about past lives. I'm having enough travel with, tra challenges with this life. So I don't know about past <laughs> lives. 
<laughs> and the idea that part of taking on a body for our spirit to get expressed in life is that we have a promise to take care of it. It's just Ooh, part of I the, love that. I love that. Of, it's just part of the deal. A promise that, to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And that one of the challenges for most human beings is that we're living in a broken promise. Mm. And so the Love Your Body program to some degree is not about learning about, it is, it is about learning about habits of self-care, but it's also about forgiveness and compassion for the promise that we took on that we haven't owned, which is the privilege it is to have a human body. Mm. Rather than carry our body on our back and complain about it in our 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s, like the thought is, as we get older, we're supposed to get sicker. That's another belief that I throw out the window. You know, what, what if we're, what if we could live into our 90s or 100? <clears throat> what if it's not about quantity of years? It's about quality. What if it's about just dying in your, in your sleep of old age, as opposed to dying a rather troubled, suffering, struggling death, the way most normal people do? So yeah. um, the idea, this is all getting to your pointed question, which I haven't asked for a while. <laughs> Take your time. <clears throat> Health is about function. Healing is about connection. Hello, Kat. She really wants to be in front of us right now because I'm talking to you. She's like, it's all about me. (laughs) Or maybe she she wants to show you that it's a privilege that she's in her vehicle. and (laughs) She's a tiger cat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've had a whole bunch of tiger cats. So the idea that health is a creation, um, the word responsibility, like our ability to respond. Responsibility is not who spilt the milk, who's responsible for that. Responsibility is for us to, could we lean in a, in a poetic feminine way of um, we're the caretaker of this physical body suit of this frame and how do we delight in it sensually, playfully? How do we have a sense the way it works? You know, um, mm. you know, driving a, a Bentley or a Rolls Royce with a Kia a manual or a Ford manual is problematic. So, you know, I make jokes about people just don't have the manual about their body. True. You know, there are too many people eating cornflakes and don't realize they should eat the box because there's more nutrition in the box <laughs> than in the cornflakes. Yeah, I mean, you're saying some powerful things. I mean, good God, delight in our body holy cow such you know uh dangerous words you're using here and and a privilege and responsibility to uh take care of it wow i mean those those are some powerful notions right there that um it's a responsibility to do that and to actually enjoy it what a concept concept. um yeah one of the things that i love i'm going to share an excerpt from your book on page 12 it says that you need to live your life as if you are entitled entitled to miracles which in my in our world i should say you know in in my world i would say absolutely yes in your world you would say absolutely yes but i think that most people are again programmed the the cultural narrative is uh, how dare i i can't possibly think that way 
But it says, one of my favorite nuggets of wisdom is commonly attributed to Albert Einstein. There are two ways to live your life. One is to live as if nothing is a miracle, and the other is to live as if everything is a miracle. Our minds make everything ordinary. Our spirit sees everything as a miracle. Healing is seeing the ordinary in extraordinary ways. Woo! Amen! <laughs> Healing is seeing the ordinary in extraordinary ways. I had to, like, when I read that, I was like, I need to digest that for a minute. I mean, we are entitled, entitled, you say, to good health. Wow. That is not something we traditionally hear from a doctor. No. Well, I mean, again, <laughs> some of my best friends are doctors. <laughs> Me too. The paradigm of doctors is, is a disease management model. They, they don't know much about health promotion. It's not very holistic and there's nothing wrong with surgery or drugs if that works. Um, uh, but but in, in terms of how, you know, if you, if you had one headache, you have one menstrual cramp, you have one strep throat, you have one sneeze. Okay, so, so take, take a mitol, take a, take, take a, take, take a penicillin. The, the, the thing is with cancer and heart disease and arthritis Chronic. and endometriosis and fibroids and infertility, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on, you know, the, the recommendations are more just symptomatic. So lovingly, I say most doctors are glorified plumbers. They fix leaks. <laughs> you know, that's different than somebody really working with me or somebody else who's similar um, that is sees this, themselves as an educator mm -hmm. for somebody to own. And um, you, you don't have to own it like the biochemistry that supposedly I once knew. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, you know, it, 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 you know <laughs> it's, it's, you know, how... How can you love your body? You know, and the idea, you know, so much. <laughs> so drugs are not a coping strategy and um, um, alcohol is not a coping strategy and you're not bulimic and you're not anorexic. Um, but here's a really good strategy. How about overuse of your left brain? Trying to process everything linearly, logically, explanatory, analytically that just makes feelings occasional and um, sensual, sexual connection, touching, non-sexual touching, just they're like vacations, you know, as opposed to, so, so, so many of us not just are wired up like success means more money and success means you have a long-standing relationship. Okay, got it. Um, if you could see the room that I am speaking to you in, it's my library. It's one, two, three and a half walls of floor to ceiling books. So I'm the first to say, I thought I would be really successful if I could just figure it all out. And then there was a turning point at some moment of my life where I realized <clears throat> that if I was gonna let people like Albert Einstein's quote touch me, and have some expectation about the miraculous and have a relationship with my physical body, like it's a miracle, <clears throat> then there are gonna be some aspects that, that is always gonna be on my ability to reason, no matter how smart people tell me or no matter how smart I try to be, 
right? Because as soon as you explain a miracle, you take it out of the realm of being miraculous. As soon as you can analyze a miracle, yeah. it's no longer a miracle. So, um, you know, I, I, I was almost on my way to divinity school and, and was going to not become a minister, a rabbi or a priest, but I thought getting a PhD in comparative yeah. religion was a good gig. Um, and got diverted. Uh, that was not meant to be. So some people think I'm one of the more holistic nature paths or functional medicine docs in the country. So I, I get a lot of joy. Uh, I need to keep rebalancing. And uh, I did the April Love Your Body program. I'm doing the program that starts next Tuesday of um, whether I'm doing a 10-day silent meditation retreat or uh, I'm not focusing on meditation or eating well, but I'm going on vacation and salsa dancing and playing. Um, you know, it's, um, I'm just like anybody else where, haven't said this in a long time, there's no such thing as getting balanced. There's getting balanced for a moment but there's no sustaining get staying balanced because it's getting out of balance that teaches us things. If you have a high value of learning, then we learn when things are a little bit chaotic or things are disorganized. And that in your language that you were good enough to teach me, when that's how you get to see where the energy is snagged. Well, I agree. I mean, I, I like the idea that you actually incorporate in your practice and you talk a lot about in the book that it's not about the, the busy, busy, busy and the go, 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 that it, there's a lot more to, you know, this quote unquote balanced life that we're trying to achieve every day is that we are trying to uh, invite in this idea of uh, play, pleasure, delight. Um, and, and these have really been conditioned to be off limits. These are, these are not things that are allowed. You know, we, the, the paradigm has really been egotistical. And, and like you were talking about the success driven model of, you know, I've got to climb at all costs and it doesn't matter who I tear down to get to the, the top of whatever success is to me. And, there is no, it's actually one of the reasons why I stayed in Nashville and I left California is I felt like all I was doing was working all the time and there was no rest and it killed my intuition. It killed my energy system. I, I couldn't function. And there, there was zero creativity. It was very hard to function as an interior designer because I was so exhausted all the time. And so what I love about the book is that you're talking about, uh, you, you can't be young all the time. You have to add in the yin in order to have that as close to possible balanced life. And you're right. It's something that you have to cultivate daily. It's something that you have to incorporate. You can't do it once a year for that one week vacation or two week vacation and think that's <clears throat> going to carry you through. Right. Yeah. And there's a way that, <clears throat> thank you for the way you just said that, that I'm asking people, um, there's an author, I don't know if you know, uh, David Bohm, B-O-E-H-M, um, Chaos Theory, where he talks about oh, yes. evolving from levels of organization to disorganization to organization. To disorganization. Um, <clears throat> there's a way that people are coveting 
I just got to get more balanced. You know, I just did a um, intake for somebody doing the Love Your Body program that starts next week. And his, his goal was, <clears throat> I want to control my food intake. Okay. And I, said, and I said to him, do you like to be controlled? He said, no. I said, are you sure? He said, no. <clears throat> I said, well, neither does your food intake. So, you know, there's a way that, um, I mean, th there are moments for sure when I'm feeling <clears throat> less in touch with some aspect of myself and I'd like mm -hmm. to cultivate that. But I, for me, uh, in being careful not to speak dogmatically, um, you know, the title of my book is Transformation. So I'm careful not to say that I know anything about the truth. I don't know. I know nothing about the truth. This is, it, that's just not my style. Uh, and, and there is a way of um, being gentler, kinder, more compassionate with oneself. <clears throat> really looking at <laughs> the ways we've been taught to trust other people rather than trust our own capacity to heal. Yes. Um, so, you know, my, my love and my calling is to have people trust themselves more than they trust me. Well, you empower <clears throat> people, which is not the paradigm that us older folks have been raised to believe in. We've always been taught to believe the dude in the white coat that the white coat is the authority figure and they know best and in my own life i have learned uh, numerous times i've learned twice in the last two years not to trust the white coat i have persevered and i've gone the holistic way and it has dramatically changed the circumstances to the positive as opposed to a negative result whereas allopathic for me personally is often negative. I think it's very good for trauma. There is definitely a place for modern science and the modern medical system that works very well. Uh, if you have a traumatic accident or something uh, traumatic happens, but for chronic disease, it's treating a symptom. It's not healing the person. So I, one of the other things that I loved in the book, the, the thread that you really pull through is you talk a lot about intention and being intentional about your healing. And it, it too is a daily, it's a lifestyle. It's not a, I'm going to talk to Dr. Barry today and my health is good until I'm in my seventies. It's, it's intentional. In your opinion, I'm curious about this. Um, why do not more people do this? Why are, to me, it seems like a no brainer to be intentional about your healing and to question everything and to, uh, find your own truth because what heals me is not going to heal you, but that's coming from a place of intention. Why are more people not doing this? Why are they not intentional in, in creating that health? Um, <clears throat> you think she's ready for this, honey? I think so. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's I go there. The, I think the effects of Descartes 
still washes over us. What I mean by that is in Western civilization, I can go back pre, but in Western civilization, the argument was well um, discussed by Aristotle and Plato. Um, so there's this left versus right brain <clears throat> where, where we are in as terms of human beings, evolutionary, um, I'll use the word that you use, so thank you. Um, we, we've been a lot more young, right? I, I mean, it's, we've, yes. been, we've, we've been in a patriarchal, male-dominated- Egotistic. Society. Well, that's not to say that the feminine and yin can't be egotistical. Um, and one of my teachers that I love to spend time with is Adya Shanti. I don't know if you know Adya, but you know, it's, it's not about getting over or beyond the ego because that might be very egotistical. But to, but to answer your question, um, there have been threads for a long time, deep bow of respect to Ramdas and to other kinds of teachers that have brought different perspectives from uh, the East not to say that people should get rid of their Judaism or Christianity or nobody should be Catholic or Christian, if that works for you. And I'm not talking about religion, but I am talking about a society that's still pretty mechanistic. Mm. So you're talking about the feminine qualities. Um, so the feminine for me, I don't know if you know, Alison Armstrong is, is a, one of my fabulous teachers and, and um, David Data. I mean, there's some wonderful voices in our culture that talk about the masculine and the feminine. And the feminine is all about relating and connecting. <clears throat> and there's a whole chapter in my book, you know, the second half of my book on connection. So the idea of somebody being intentional is, is part of a paradigm that you can have thoughts and that how you use them as opposed to being used by your thoughts. You know, mo most, most of us don't have thoughts. Mo most of us are our thoughts. Mo most of us, everything that most of us think, we think is true. Mm -hmm. we, we live in a culture. So since you and I weren't brought up in Tibet, that's a different organization of mm -hmm. consciousness. And you know, who knows where we'll be in 50, 100, 200 years of us human beings in the West evolving, where we understand merging with flowers and trees. You know, we understand what you understand about the, the interrelationship of elements hmm. and how that plays in our physical body. So for me, the, the not so short answer is a lot of people are not intelligent, uh, intentional, Freudian, not too intelligent. <laughs> well, they're not intelligent about their health. I mean, they're, well, you know. Well, I'm going to take it one step further respectfully. <clears throat> they're not intelligent about the structure of their mind. Mm. So it's difficult until they start <clears throat> not reading Freud or Jung, <clears throat> but getting some understanding 
of consciousness, getting some understanding of awareness, getting some understanding of the nature of thinking. And you don't have to read Heidegger, and, but you could. You don't have to understand ontology, the study of being. But the idea of that it makes a difference, law of attraction, you know, mm. and how you frame what you're asking the universe. I, I just spent three hours of doing that with evaluating people who start the Love Your Body program. So to make it okay that they don't know what they want, so therefore what the universe is gifting them could be anything because they're not clear on what their request is. They're not clear. So the idea that you and I attract things, there are mirror images, the macrocosm and the microcosm are mirroring each other. You know, all that is like, <laughs> all of that is so second nature to you and I. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to some other people, um, it's very foreign. <laughs> it's the, 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 the paradigm that they're in is more of a, a dogmatic <coughs> belief system. And the Werner Erhards and the Tony Robbins and the, 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 the different kinds of voices that have been extraordinary in the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years in the West, and some of them all over the world, um, they're speaking about a different paradigm. They're, they're speaking about you and I being a quadrinity and the interrelationship of your mind, body, feelings <clears throat> is intimately more connected than we can easily speak about. And the interesting thing is that you and I think it's new. 1970, when I was still going to divinity school, thinking I was going to divinity school and I was getting to give me a comparative religion, one of my teachers was wanting us to, for a year, study some sutras. Sutra is a term in, in, in that yoga. are a little concise little statement. And Patanjali Yoga Sutra was like 4,000 years before Christ. And he, he wrote like, you know, dozens, hundreds of sutras, lots of sutras. Yeah, we studied the first one for a year. I don't know what the second one is. The guy said, you don't need to know what the second one is. Let's just meditate on the first one. I love the it. first Patanjali Yoga Sutra is the mind and body are non-dual. Yeah. It, and, you know, you know, and you and I are, you know, still, you know, looking for the right milk duds and chiclets and butterfingers and carrot juice and. Oh, I love milk duds. Those are good. Food. I know that's why. <laughs> Um, you know, we're still, you know, what's the right Qigong practice or what's the right way to unkink the hose, you know, and it's like, this is not new. This has been around for thousands of years. Oh, and the Vedas. I mean, you, you read any part of the Vedas and it, it's like, we are very, we're a very dumb society. When you look at the, the luminary wisdom that's out there that, you know, I mean, we think we're so far advanced and that we have all of our shit figured out and we're archaic compared to our ancestors. I'm sorry to say, but we really are. We do not have it figured out and we have a long ways to go. Um, well, we've, got, we've gotten caught in the, um, you know, you'd agree with this and, and probably know more about it than I do. <clears throat> the cycles of life, the cycles of nature, 
at the cost of being so mechanistic and so left brain, rational, linear, scientific, let's prove this, and not nurturing intuition and not, not really appreciating cycles of the seasons and cycles in nature means that we can't learn from the earth. You know, the, the, you know, animals, your cat, my dog, trees, rocks can't teach us. You know, the only thing that can teach us are books. So there's a cost mm -hmm. to doing that for hundreds and thousands. Nature can teach us so much. Like there is so much innate wisdom that surrounds us, but you have to choose to see it. You have to choose to understand it. You know, I mean, good Lord, Taoism, like, you know, it, I think that the, so I was talking to a girlfriend the other day and sorry, my cat keeps wanting to chew on my cord and <laughs> try to like hang myself here. Um, she said, we are the only, see, now we're, now we're, we're balanced. Um, she said, we're, we're uh, the only society where um, somebody will learn something, you know, in a weekend workshop or something. And, and they learn just a smidge of information about it. And they're, they're suddenly an expert on it. Um, and, and we never get down to the, the real meat of it. And I talk a lot about this on the show, how, uh, you know, I've been working under a, a feng shui grandmaster for 22 years. And a lot of people think that that's nuts. Like, what could you possibly be learning? What could you possibly still be learning? There, there, there's not possibly that much. And it's like, good Lord, you're just talking about the sutras taking one year to learn one sutra. My teacher has always said that you could take a lifetime to learn the I Ching. You can take a lifetime to, to dive into Taoism, uh, Stoicism, pick a category. You're not going to learn it all in a lifetime. That's how much depth there is to it. But we're, and we talked about this when we recorded the summit, our culture is so surfacey and we don't really take the time to, to get into stuff because we're so frenetic. And I think that where your book touches on where healthcare could go and where it should go is not only the mind, body, spirit connection, but this idea of creating that balance through empowerment and truly creating health. And I love your example. I don't know what page this was on, but you said, uh, health is like changing the oil regularly in your car while driving on, uh, bald tires. And I thought that was such a great example. It's like, you're, you're taking care of one aspect, but you're not taking care of the whole, you're not taking care of the whole aspect. And I feel like healthcare in a lot of ways, you, you know, you were talking about, uh, I can't remember all of them, but nutrition, uh, the immune system. I loved that you talked about spinal health. Spinal health is so imperative. Um, Dal Pershan, I don't know if I pronounced her name just right, but the yoga teacher, she just passed away. She was 101 years old. She started teaching yoga in New York in like 1968, I think. But she used to always uh, tell people, if you want to stay young and healthy, create a flexible spine. So she always talked about spinal health, but you talk about all these different levels and, and toxicity, which I want to dive a little bit deeper into the toxicity, but you, you talk about all the different levels and you can't just focus on, well, I'm going to take these vitamins and 
I have good health, which is essentially like getting your oil changed, but you're ignoring your tires and the filters and, you know, the, the blinky light on your dashboard, <laughs> but we don't have blinky lights. <laughs> no, no, they're not blinky lights, but it's my hip hurts or my right. menstrual off, or I can't lose this 10 pounds or, uh, you know, I'm, I've been eating like a bird and I still have headaches or allergies. I mean, it, it is remarkable. <clears throat> what a lot of wonderful, sweet, very intelligent people tolerate as well. My mother had this and my friends have this. So, you know, so my sleep is poor after menopause or, you know. Is that what, uh, I was going to ask you about this vertical disease. I had never heard that term before. Hmm. Is that kind of the concept of you're, you're walking around with these ailments and you're Correct. still vertical, so it must be fine. Correct. Yeah, I stole that from my mentor who wrote the foreword to the book, Jeff Bland, um, 74, 75, when I was in medical school, <clears throat> was chief advisor to NASA, chief advisor to the US Olympic team, chief advisor to um, Linus Pauling's lab. Uh, and, and he is one of the world renowned nutrition people. Was that Dr. B? Bland. Jeff I wondered Bland. how to, I, no, I didn't no, know no, how. No, 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 Dr. B is Dr. Balot. He was the MD ND that I saw when I was in school. Jeff Bland is on the cover of my book and wrote the original foreword. Okay. And Jeff Bland started the Institute of Functional Medicine. And okay. when he was learning from me and others, some, some foundational grounding of naturopathic medicine, um, he coined the term vertical disease. Mm. which is people walking around, they don't have anything diagnosable, but their sleep is terrible. Or their, they their, energies, their, their, their energy is low three to five o'clock in the afternoon. And why do you have that? Well, I'm 50, I'm 55, you know, what do you expect? You know, so he would call it, it's not diagnosed as Lyme and it's not diagnosed as an allergy and it's not diagnosed as, but the, 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 the co collection of different kinds of symptoms that people tolerate mm. and just like, well, other, other people have other symptoms. So I have these symptoms. Rather than using any of them as opportunities, like what's my body trying to communicate with me? What is it I could learn as a, not, not like this is what that means, but in a transformational model, which is what's the possibility here? If I was listening with less judgment, this is bad. That's a judgment. But I was listening like my body is attempting to tell me something. What might it be telling? And then come up with three or four things. You need zinc. You know, you need more sleep. You know, you need. And you that's need TCM, right? TCM yeah. takes those subtleties and takes them very seriously. Whereas in Western allopathic medicine, it's like, well, until your leg falls off, it's not a problem. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Um, so I've had a lot of, uh, functional medicine doctors on over the years and, and, um, it seems like, you know, there's a lot of, we need to reduce stress. We need to eat better. Um, and it sounds so simple, but people still find it so difficult to do. And it's kind of what we've been talking about today, where it seems so simple to eat right, exercise, take time to meditate, um, and yet they still don't do it. 
what have you found is the biggest hurdle for them? What, what, what gets in their way of, you know, wanting to get rid of the, the chronic headache or the chronic fatigue or the joint pain or the chronic thing that keeps showing up for them that they think is old age when it's as simple as nutrition. So there are are many, so there are many answers. Uh, The first answer, not in any order of importance is maybe they're making a mistake thinking that it's simple. Maybe it's not simple. Maybe one of the biggest challenges of our lives is to love ourselves. Yeah, I want to say this real quick, because I I thought this was pretty powerful, too. You say this on page 89. Healing can be the biggest gift we choose to give ourselves, as well as one of the most challenging to accept. Right. So in a Judeo-Christian value system where you're going to heaven by the more people you can take care of, I'm encouraging people to put their name on their own Christmas list and to trust their own commitment to serve and contribute to others. That's why I wrote a new chapter on contribution. Um, And I'm inviting people to consider that the more effective you are at self-care, which doesn't mean you have to meditate every day and it doesn't mean you have to meditate for 30, 60 minutes. It doesn't, self-care for people might be different. It might be different for you one week and two weeks from now that you're somewhere else in Atlanta doing something else. But it's a context. So I talk a lot in my Love Your Body program about context, about the context of self-care. So um, we don't have in our culture a context for self-care. We have a context for other people to take care of us. Or the context is, as I get older, I'm going to get sicker anyway. And as I get older, I'm going to die. I'm not teaching immortality. I'm not saying you're not going to die. I'm saying, hey, look, if we can put a person, a man or a woman on the moon, could you have as a goal to optimize your chances of dying of your sleep? But that's not an, an adolescent conversation. That's an adult conversation. That means somebody would have to look at their wife, their mother, their father, their children, their calling, their profession, how do they, word we used a few moments ago, find a balance. In my nomenclature, since stand-up comedy is my second profession, I am um, inviting people to, you know, this morning when you were laying in bed, Amanda, and you were just coming into consciousness, did you have a thought that was anything close to I wonder if I should get out of bed and brush my teeth. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I'm not going to do that. Did you have any kind of conversation about brushing your teeth? No. No. You don't do that. Well, did you? Did you? (laughs) No, I always visualize my day. I always visualize like unicorns. Yeah. And (laughs) And did did you lay there? Should I I get up and go pee? Or maybe I'll just lay here. Oh, I always have to pee. (laughs) Always have to pee. So my thought is, what if you could wire yourself up relating to Qigong or meditation or eating better, whatever that is, that's different for everybody, <clears throat> exercise. And it wasn't a should, but you had worked on your values of how important money is, 
<clears throat> and how important your love affair with your partner is and how important your cat and your dog and making money and all, all the things that are important. <clears throat> and in some way, took you a few days, took you a few weeks, took you a few months, God willing, doesn't take you a few years, but it might. And if it did, maybe it'd be worth for you to live your life from a could and not a should. It's called unconscious competence. It's called already listening. So most of us, when we're laying in bed, after you visualize your day, you just get up and brush your teeth. You just get up and pee. There's no conversation about should I or shouldn't I? You just get up and do it. What if eating better, meditating and exercising and painting and doing Qigong or giving um, my lover, a, 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 if, if you had one, a, a, a massage, what if all of that was just part of the way you give yourself self-care energy and 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 knowing and there's the trust that's why in a love your body program trust is a huge piece trusting that the way you're wired up is that when you're full you're always want to give back to the universe when you've got a lot of your needs met that have to be all of them 100 percent. but when you're doing a pretty good job maybe with a team of people but you know you're like that you're always, whether it's time, energy, money, phone calls, you're always wanting to, where can I serve? Who can I contribute to? I got extra here. But when self-care is really down by your ankles and it's all about work and it's all about goals and it's all about success and it's all about that, 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 you have very little to give. And now you're in relationships that you don't want to lose this great, fabulous lover or husband or wife or whatever. You don't want to lose this job. It's the job I've always been waiting for. There's some survival. There's some threat because we, we, we're human. We, we have needs. We, we have yearnings. Some of those yearnings for some of us are conscious and some of us are pretty lost in the mechanistic, back to your wonderful question of, I gotta make monies. And the illusion is if I just made more money, I'd be able to relax. You know, if I just sold more widgets, then it'll all work out. You know, if I just get over my divorce, it'll all work out. Mm -hmm. You know, you know that's that, that early days of the S training in Werner Earhart's world, he, he would talk about we all live in some program called someday. When I graduate high school, it'll work out. And then when I'm in high school and I graduate um, um, college, uh, it'll, it'll work out. And then when I uh, get married, it'll work out. And actually when I get divorced, it'll work out. You know, it's, it's always, we're always looking at something other than where we are now. And so that's the, sorry for the length of time. It's fine. <clears throat> the answer to why is it so difficult for people to self-care is because first of all, maybe the first thing that came out of my mouth is maybe they think it's simple and maybe it is one of the larger challenges and that we're all to some degree without being psychologists here, you know, the term codependent mm. <clears throat> where you're taking care of somebody else as a way of avoiding taking care of yourself. Well, maybe that's true for all of us to some degree particularly if you love being generous like I do. It is so much more fun to be generous to you. Let me tell you, if we were a couple, I would get off taking care of you so much more than taking care of myself. It's, it's just, you know, 
It's just easier. Maybe you should write a book about that. <laughs> the, the men in the world are lacking. I think this could be your next book. <laughs> but I, I, to your point, um, I think that a lot of people go into this, uh, whatever the change is, they go into it like it's an all or nothing game. Like, well, if I'm going to take this health thing seriously, then I've got to do all of it. And the bottom line is, is forward is forward. So Great if it point. takes you a year to just simply get the sleep aspect down, or maybe it's just getting the nutrition down, or maybe you're Correct. going to yoga Good one point. day a week. Right. Yeah. Forward Except, is forward. Okay. I got bad news for you. I think there's something that's pandemic prior to COVID. It's called, most of us have conditioning mm -hmm. that's called, it's not enough. Oh, I'm yes. not, I, I'm not enough. Yes. Life is not enough. So I, I don't, love the, I'm not worthy of it. Is it as or I'm not worthy of it. So I, I love the idea of you blessing and saying, look, I'm going to just do five minutes of Qigong or I'm just gonna work on a visualization for five or 10 minutes, do that for two, three, four, six weeks and see if it helps my sleep. One thing at a time, it all doesn't have to be perfect. I don't have to be a sprout tofu carrot juice fanatic. And it's not like I have to handle all of it all at once. Yeah. There's a lot of different pieces and this doesn't have to look perfect. So not everybody is a perfectionist, and as I look at the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars I've spent on therapy and the thousands of hours of inner work that I've done, and I listen to other people, um, I do a lot of coaching in the world of, um, there's a quote in my book that I'm pointing toward, you'll, you'll remember it. It's Lynn Twist's quote, what you appreciate appreciates. You know, what's so odd about this, I want to say this really quickly, is that I mentioned to you that I did a recording this morning and he said the same very thing. And so talk about that. We're always talking about the synchronicity of things. Right. right. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, both of yeah. you wrote about that in this. And I just thought that that was really bizarre that you both awesome. wrote that. Yeah. What yeah. you appreciate, yeah. appreciate. Now, now, not, not, now, my mother in particular took being critical to a very high art form. And, and, and was almost psychic where her discernment and judgments were unbelievable and different than the process because a lot of what she was judgmental was actually quite accurate. But I'm highly sensitive in other groups some human beings, something I've had to learn to reinvent and, and, and recondition the way I've been wired up, that some people thrive on being critical mm. and it's rooted in this, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, life is not gonna bless me with everything I need. Wouldn't so that be projection, than, right? So They're rather than validating what is working, and chunking it down into small pieces the way you suggested. The way they set it up, they, as in men and women, you and I sometimes, we're not, we're, we're, we, it might be applicable for us as well. Um, 
that there really is never a, a, a win or satisfaction because the, 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 the successes never show up as an accomplishment because we're always looking at what we didn't do compared to what, well, what we did do. And some people are really masterful at that. I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're brilliant. My mother was one. At being critical, not recognizing that if there wasn't a problem for them to be critical about, go back to a word you used, I don't use it a lot, but I'll use it now. Their ego would not know how to function very well. But I would argue that's what we were talking about a little bit ago about some people see things as miraculous and some people see things as ordinary. So exactly, yep. you have a choice, right? We, we, we always do. Um, the miraculous is, is um, risky um, because if you've sharpened your sword, you know you can find fault in almost anything, ah. anytime, any moment. <laughs> It's a choice. You have to choose to see the miracle. You have to choose. It is. It is a choice. I'm just pointing out that I'm just saying that for some of us, me oh, included, sometimes it feels doubt. like you're asking me to make a choice and there isn't a safety net. Or another Werner quote I would offer you is, would you rather be right or in love? Mm. So there are a lot of people where being right is like diamonds. Oh. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. being connected or being having miracles, who the hell needs miracles? I'm right all the time. That's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> I don't need miracles. <laughs> I am in control. And I get to tell you when you're not doing it the way I think you should do it. Yeah. Don't you love me for seeing that and being willing to tell you? <laughs> so true. So true. It's interesting. Um, I was talking about this to a friend the other day. Um, my, I, I used to do hot yoga and my instructor used to, most of the rooms that, you know, Bikram's a bad name now, but the Bikram studios um, would typically be around 100 to 110 degrees. And uh, this particular instructor used to always keep the room at about 125 and she'd crank the humidity up to about 40 to 60. It was hot as hell, but her belief system is she had all of these really great uh, photographs around the studio and it was of iron workers. And her belief was, is that you have to, to uh, really heat up the body and challenge the body to create and encourage flexibility. That's what gives you strength and flexibility. And I think that the the ability of our bodies to adapt. Our bodies are miraculous. What they are capable of doing without us telling them what to do, I breathe and I don't think about it, right? I cut myself and my body gets to work. I don't have to think about it. Our bodies are miraculous, whether we choose to believe it or not. And I think that if we could make this healthcare, modern healthcare of mind, body, spirit. And I do agree you included community, cooperation, connection, contribution, 1000%. We are no longer in a dualistic 
society anymore. We are no longer in this separateness. People are cho still choosing to, to believe that, but it, those paradigms are falling away. Um, the question, the greater question is, you're absolutely right. How can I serve? How can I give back? Because that's going to be your greatest joy. And that's going to be, <clears throat> to me, um, how you're going to create that balance and true health where you're, you're, you're taking all aspects, spinal health, nutrition. Uh, I think immune system was another one that you talked about. Digestion. Um, digestion. Um, yeah. and the physical part. Yep. And intention is so important as well, because you can take this whole aspect and you can do all of these things. And if you've got a critical mind, like your mother, <laughs> <laughs> not gonna work so well people don't have to have um <laughs> what a blessing it was to have my mother she should rest in peace i mean we all have um ru ru rumor has it that all of our mothers and fathers are offering us some kind of lessons That's why they're here to learn you know whether they pay you know before they pass after they pass <clears throat> you know, what, what, what is it that I need to learn? I'm either going to take on their patterns consciously or unconsciously, or I'm going to rebel against their, you know, that's a Hoffman process notion. So the other thing I wanted to comment on, and you might've wanted to ask a question on is you asked, why is it difficult? Isn't it simple? Shouldn't we just meditate and well, I think there's this other piece called toxicity. There's this other piece about people being physically overwhelmed that can affect how our minds get overwhelmed. You know, when people go through the 21 day love your body program, <clears throat> the things that people report and, and people are not fasting and some people can eat cleaner and not even detox. <clears throat> the amount of energy that gets used up when we're eating a good, healthy diet, let alone mm -hmm. a diet that's all over the place, is amazing. And, um, you know, you've heard this term, I know you have about a monkey mind. <clears throat> and one of the reasons that sometimes it's not as easy as, well, just meditate more, just stop smoking, just, you know, instead of five cups of coffee, just drink one cup of coffee, you know, or how about, you know, just do, just do sugar on weekends. There is something. <clears throat> um, that the, some of the wise priests and rabbis and elders and grandparents in our culture <clears throat> that haven't taken us on vision quests, that haven't taken us mm. to a rock or haven't taken us to a tree and allowed us to learn from elements, but have in well-intentioned wanting to teach us a lot about the Bible or about this or not about the Bible or whatever they were trying to teach us about. Um, <clears throat> I can look at my own life and I don't want to say this like this is the answer but I think it's a answer for some of us which is I don't know about you Amanda but I've got a monkey mind my, my mind is all over the place and 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 for for me to um lovingly contain because I'm using the strength of the tree 
or I'm embracing and feeling the smoothness of the rock, or I've got my feet flat on the floor, or I'm um, holding another human being, um, or I'm I keep coming back to a mantra, I keep coming back to a piece of music, or I'm using something to true myself so that my mind is not just going over the, all over the place. I, I, I know that that's been a, a, a 50 year interesting project that I've been engaged in. And I was telling a client today, <coughs> The one I just said, <clears throat> why do you want to control what you eat? And his answer was, because I'm home a lot during the day when I'm not working and I'm bored. Oh, Jesus. I said, okay. I said, you know, I want to tell you that um, I remember when I was 20 and I was doing a lot of meditation and um, and I was doing uh, three days and five days and seven days silent re uh, meditation retreats. And one of my professors at the college where I was, we'd go together, we'd go separately. And I'd say to him, you know, I don't think I'm meditating. I, I think I'm just sitting on the cushion and I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. And am I going to go to the movie? And am I going to have sex? And, you know, did I do that? And I do this. I said, I don't, I don't think I'm meditating. I'm just sitting there and thinking. And by the way, I'm pretty bored. And I remember he said to me, you know, boredom is a very high state if you could learn to accept it. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> there is something about self-care, going back to your question of a few moments ago, <clears throat> that it's a little bit young. It, it, it could take some young focus discipline, even if you do it with a real open heart, <clears throat> even if you do it like this is not the right way, it's a way, this is not the only way. There's a way that I think culturally, since you and I didn't grow up in Tibet, we're not in a traditional society. We're in a regular Western culture with all of the thought forms out there. Even if we didn't have the internet and phones and TV, which I don't, not telling people to live without, but all the kinds of input, that have us bow down to left brain stuff. Um, I think it's hard unless people say, you know, I wanna get massaged, I wanna do a hot rock, I wanna do Qigong, um, I'm gonna do some Tantra with my partner and just breathe. It's not just about intercourse, it's about breathing with my partner. I wanna do something that's gonna help me anchor, ground, center myself differently and from that place, develop some habits rather than try to develop habits from a monkey mind place, wondering why I can't hold this eel, which is real slippery. And I didn't put any Vaseline <laughs> on my hands, but I can't hold this. It keeps slipping out of my hands. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, that's going to be your next book. I want this to be your next book. <laughs> How to, how to uh, instead of love your body, love your partner's body. <laughs> uh -huh. okay. This all started when I did a lot of cleansing. You know, I was really, really, really big. And I still am with some people when I see them individually, you know, aluminum, mercury, toxins, 
embedded infectious agents, parasites that people didn't get over, chronic candida. I mean, there are some people that they're taking vitamins and eating non-gluten and doing this and that and the other. And there are things that are interrupters, that are disturbers, that are physical toxins that can be I don't know why I'm not feeling better. I haven't eaten gluten or I'm taking all these handful of vitamins and nobody has really identified different categories of pesticides or additives or hormones that are not being broken down accurately. That was my entree into what we've been discussing the last few moments, you know. Yeah, and I think it's pretty profound that you know, you worked with Dr. B back in the seventies and, and he was, you know, promoting this kind of healthcare. I mean, to me, that that's a pioneer right there. Um, I know that the, the revolution of, you know, the quote unquote hippie was starting, uh, in the late sixties and into the seventies. And there was things like vegetarianism and, and veganism back then, but, uh, all natural ways of healthcare, you know, that that's pretty radical. It's a pretty radical way to look at your health, which, um, and I think we're coming back to it. I think people are realizing that what we've been doing is, is not really self-serving and it, it can be quite detrimental to our health uh, and it's not empowering at all. So I think that there's a lot of profound wisdom. Uh, the book is called Love Your Body, Your Path to Transformation, Health and Healing. Um, I, I, all, pro- all profits of the book go to pachamama.org. I don't take any money for the book. If they order it from my website, they can also order it from Amazon. Um, but I don't, I don't get any money. I, 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 I love putting the book in people's hands and um, it works for me not to make any money from the book. Well, I love it. I, I have several pages dog eared. I have several things underlined. Um, I plan on maybe in July or so, maybe I'll wait till the end of the year, but I, I whenever I have a, a book like this where I read it and uh, I have a lot of ahas, um, I will revisit it because it, it's that uh, Japanese saying of returning to a place and seeing it for the first time. Mm. Um, and Thank you. Uh, I think that... Um, you know, the, the wisdom that is within here, I don't want to be uh, so arrogant to say of, well, of course, this is the way I've been living my lifestyle. Um, I think there's a lot of profound wisdom in here that uh, maybe you do know about and you're still not practicing, or maybe you're aware of, but, um, you know, there, there's missing links. And um, I think this is uh, a great book to add to your library um, and, and have it uh, on hand for, Healthcare, because I think that the other thing is too, is that like you were talking about with the monkey mind, we get busy and our schedules get out of control and that's when things go off the rails. So this is a great reminder to get back on track. Um, If people are interested in the Love Your Body program or they want to work with you or want to learn more about you, where do they go? How do they stalk you? All that good stuff. I love being stalked. Um, uh, my, my, my website is uh, my name, Dr. Barry Taylor, D-R, no space, no period, B-A-R-R-Y Taylor.com. So www.drbarrytaylor.com is where you can buy my book. There's a 20 minute video on the Love Your Body program, which is offered most months. And there's a, hey, I wanna send Dr. Taylor a question about how I work. So I work with some people I've never met you know, doing phone cuts on, on Zoom long before COVID. Uh, and, and some people fly in because they want to see me and get evaluated. Um, the Love Your Body program is 
it's not like I'll never do another live Love Your Body program, but now it's all online. It's an online offering. Well, I think it's pretty so fantastic. People, yeah. I think what you're doing and I think that, um, you know. I think it fits with what you're doing. I, I want to learn a lot more about what you're doing. Yeah. <clears throat> I think what you're doing is awesome. In, Me in fact, too. I refer to, in, in fact, I refer to a woman uh, today who's starting the Love Your Body program next week with her husband. And um, I was talking to her about dreams and goals. And she said she wanted to tap into creativity. And I said, well, if you were tapping into your creativity, how might it look? And she said, well, I really have this thing about beauty, gardening mm. and flower arrangement, gardening and, um, and, and interior design. Ah. And I said, you know, I think you, you want to listen to my talk with Amanda Gates on, on, on uh, my Love Your Body speaker series. I said, it's free. I said, but listen to her. She's got a lot of wisdom. I said, you might want to call her, take some of her courses, uh, because she's somebody that could help champion and mentor you in a way that I can't. So, Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, de I definitely want to send people your way that you can teach. Yeah, thank you. I'm just now after 22 years getting to the point of I may or may not know some things, you know, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting to a point to where I'm like, all right, I might be able to help some people. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, and thank you for daring to do this on video. I was not sure that our <laughs> internet I got to see this work. cat with the white nose and white paws and what a cutie she is how old's your cat so this he, one is is 10 and 10. um he's hungry that's why in fact my my friend thinks that i should start a website is harleyhungry.com because this is what he does to let me know subtly this is a subtle mm -hmm. notion that we're hungry mm -hmm. right um not so subtle would be sitting on your lap and pawing you well, and that's what he was doing earlier is he was sitting on me and he was my earbuds. He was chewing on them, which is why I was like, <laughs> things you don't normally see when we're just, you know, doing audio. Uh, normally these things are, you know, I'm hiding, but um, yeah, this is his subtle way of saying uh, you're interrupting my dinner time. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, Understood. thank you for coming on and doing this and sharing your wisdom with my audience. I think that they're going to really love this. Thanks for asking me. Look forward to speaking to you again. I hope that you found this lovely podcast today helpful for you. It reminds me of a beautiful quote by Basil King. Go at it boldly and unexpected forces will come to your aid. I think that if you learn to empower yourself with knowledge and really wisdom that really gives you the information that you need to tell that energy what to do, how to do it, uh, I think that you will see if you go at it boldly, unexpected forces, unexpected energy will come to your aid. I hope that all of you have enjoyed this show today. If you'd like to learn more about me, head on over to my website at gatesinteriordesign.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. We always love to hear from you and it helps other people find us. And if you're interested in learning more or maybe want to check out a course, head on over to my website. There's a great little tab there of all the courses that I offer online. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.